Hare Krishna, we are so fortunate to have His Grace Rundanath Prabhu uh, and He will enlighten us on Srimad Bhagavatam verse 5.15.12 So please take over the call Prabhuji Thank you, Hare Krishna Hare Krishna Please accept my humble obeisances All glory to Prabhupada and Guru Maharaj Thank you for uh, giving me this wonderful opportunity to speak on Srimad Bhagavatam for my own purification. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Narayanam Namaskritya Naram Chaiva Narottamam Devim Saraswatim Vyasam Tato Jayam Mudhirai Nashta Prayeshu Abhadreshu Nityam Bhagavata Sevaya Bhagavate Uttama Shloke Bhagavata Okay, so welcome everyone. Today we are reading Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 5, Chapter 15, Text Number 12. And this chapter is talking about the glories of the descendants of King Priyavrata. So in this it's talk about how the various kings have come into existence and uh, some of the kings who have been very influential what kind of activities they performed for the benefit of society in general. Yasya dvare bhagwan adhvaratma maghoni madhyati urusomapite shaddha vishuddha achla bhakti yoga smarpita japalam ajahara Translation in Maharaj Gaya's sacrifice, there was a great supply of intoxicant known as Soma. King Indra used to come and become intoxicated by drinking large quantities of Somaras. Also, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Lord Vishnu, the Yajna Purusha, also came and personally accepted all the sacrifices offered unto him with pure and firm devotion in the sacrificial arena. Purport by Srila Prabhupada, Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai. Maharaj Gaya was so perfect that he satisfied all the demigods who were headed by the heavenly king Indra. Lord Vishnu himself also personally came to the sacrificial arena to accept the offerings. Although Maharaj Gaya did not want them, he received all the blessings of the demigods and the Supreme Lord himself. Jnanaanjana shalakaya chakshuran militam yena tasmai shri gurave namaha mukam karoti vachalam pangum langhayatehe girim yat kripatamaham vande shri guru dinatarinin paramananda madhavam shri chaitanyeshwaram Namom Vishnupadaya Krishna Prishthaya Bhutale Srimate Bhaktivedanta Swami Tinamine Namaste Saraswati Devi Gauravani Pracharine Nirvishesha Shunyavadi Paschatya Deshatarine 
नमो महावेदन्याय कृष्ण प्रेम प्रधायते कृष्णाय कृष्ण चैतन्य नाम्ने गौरक्षे नम पंचतत्वात्मक कृष्ण भक्तस्वक भक्तवतारम भक्ताख्यम नमा भक्तशक्ति हे कृष्णा करुणा सिंधु दीनबंधु जगत्पते गोपेशा गोपिका कांता राधा कांता नमोस्तुते तप्त कांचन गौरांगी राधे वृंदावनेश्वरी वृषभानुसुते देवी प्रणमा हरि प्रिये वाचा कल्पतृभ्य कृपा सिंधुभ्य पतिता पावनेभ्यो वैष्णवेभ्यो नमो नमः जय श्री कृष्ण चैतन्य प्रभु निनंद श्री अद्वैतगदाधर श्रीवास आदि गौरभक्तवृंदा हरे कृष्णा हरे कृष्णा कृष्ण कृष्णा हरे 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 राम हरे राम 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 हरे हरे ओके सो एज आई सेड वी आर रीडिंग द चैप्टर व्हिच इज टॉकिंग अबाउट द डिसेंडेंट्स ऑफ किंग प्रियव्रता नाउ व्हाट दिस होल चैप्टर एक्चुअली mean to us how we should look at it how we should understand this section of bhagavatam when it describes the various glorious descendants of the other great kings what it really means is from this lineage of these great kings it is demonstrating about the qualities of great leader so that's how we should focus at it to understand as a leader of the society the great kings the great monarchs how they led the world how they led their citizen for the best welfare of their citizen so a leader should be an instrument in the hands of the supreme lord a leader especially a king is considered as a representative of the supreme lord and he should be acting for the welfare of the society for the welfare of his citizen so he should be an instrument as we hear from bhagavad gita in bhagavad gita 11th chapter when lord krishna showed his universal form at that time arjuna was able to see so many heads and hands and legs all over and lord krishna is showing that how all the soldiers on both sides of the army they are rushing to his mouth they are entering into towards death and they are getting stuck between the teeth of the universal form so lord krishna is telling arjuna at that time that all these people who have assembled here to fight in this war they have already been killed except these the five brothers the five pandavas everybody will be destroyed so i have already killed them but you just become the instrument you take the credit for fighting this war and winning this war so krishna is asking arjuna at that time you just be an instrument nimitta matra bhava samaya sachi so our responsibility or the responsibility of a leader 
is to act as an instrument for the supreme lord for the greatest welfare of others but if rather than being an instrument somebody want to act independently then what will happen right then the society is going into a ditch it's like a blind person leading other blind people for example if a puppeteer is controlling the puppets right the, the puppet is being controlled by the ropes in the hand of the puppeteer so puppet is just like an instrument and moving as per the direction given by the puppeteer but if the puppet want to somehow get that free will the freedom and he want to move as per his liking as per his will then what will be the show look like same way another example to understand is the scissor in the hand of a surgeon is as instrument need to work as an instrument but if the scissor just jumps out of the hand of the surgeon and on the patient just start making any cuts here and there what will happen so rather than curing the patient it will kill the patient so any instrument is good only when it is working in the hand of its operator so same way a leader is useful a leader can do its task only if he is working selflessly as a servant leader right that's why in our organization and many of the organization actually the term which is used these days is being a servant leader not you are the, you are not the enjoyer of all the glorification given by others all the services given by others but we are the servant leader our purpose is to show by our example how to serve others so not thinking of personal selfish gain that should be the quality of a leader in bhagavad gita 13th chapter lord krishna described many of the qualities of divine people the divine and demoniac qualities so what are those divine qualities so those are the qualities which are really meant for a leader that leader should really acquire those qualities amanitvam adambhitvam ahinsa shantir arjavam not having that pride being prideless adambhitvam right not having that personal ego ahinsa working towards peace in the society non violence arjavam so state powerness simplicity these are the examples or the qualities which a leader must acquire for a proper rule on the citizens and in the scripture we hear so many examples of good leader and bad leader right the scripture talks from both aspects to give us both framework so we can decide what is really a good leader what are the qualities of a good leader and if somebody is having the opposite qualities if somebody is being a bad leader ultimately what is their destiny what is their destination so we can decide for ourselves what qualities we really want to develop so some of these examples which are mentioned in scripture about the bad leader in the beginning of bhagavad gita we hear about dhritarashtra right in mahabharat we hear about dhritarashtra so the first verse of bhagavad gita how does it start is dhritarashtra vacha so he is asking sanjay tell me what did my sons and the sons of pandu did when they assembled in kurukshetra for the desire to fight 
Mamkah Pandvascha Kim Akarvata Sanjaya. So he is asking Sanjay, tell me. So he has already separated his sons and the sons of Pandu that they don't belong to the same family. And he has been so selfish throughout his life. He is blind physically, but he is blind spiritually also. Because he has so much attachment to his corrupt son, Driyodhana, that he cannot even think of anything. He has ignored all the atrocities which has been done by Driyodhana and his other followers towards Pandavas. So Dhritarashtra just completely ignores everything. They have tried to kill the Pandavas in their childhood, feeding poison, poisonous cake to Bhima. Then they try to burn them in Lakshadra. They try to take away their fair share of the property, fair share of the kingdom. They cheated them in the match of gambling and they tried to disrupt the chaste lady in the whole assembly of the Kauravas. Even though they have done all sort of nonsense things, still Dhritarashtra completely ignores everything. right? As if he doesn't know what is happening. So that is a bad leader who is fully captured by attachment to his own kits and pins. Aham Mameti. So he is thinking about himself and people who are born from his own body. And then we hear Driyodhana. Driyodhana also same way, right? Driyodhana's mentality. What was his mentality filled with so much of self-centeredness and ego? He could not tolerate the prosperity of somebody else. Why somebody else is prospering more than me? Why they have more opulences than me? Even though Pandavas were given Khandaprast, a barren land to develop their kingdom, still because of their all the good qualities, their good conduct of rule, they cultivated the land and developed a nice city there in the Prastha. And when Yudhishthira Maharaj is performing that Ratsuya Yajna in that, Duryodhana was also present and all the family members because Duryodhana also is a family member, he is a cousin and everybody was given some service. Even Krishna, Lord Krishna personally came and he is also doing the service and what was the service which was given to Krishna or what Krishna took as a service to receive the Brahmanas to wash their feet. So that is the service which Lord Krishna is also doing and all the other relatives, all the brothers of Pandava brothers, they were given some service and Driyodhana was given the service. What service did Driyodhana take? He was given the service to receive gifts from everybody and keep it inside. And Driyodhana, why did Driyodhana take that service for himself? Because he wanted to see how many gifts are coming for Yudhishthira Maharaj, how much opulences he has, how many people love Yudhishthira Maharaj. And as he is receiving the gifts, they keep coming. The gifts keep coming and coming and coming and there is no end to it. And he is becoming so envious seeing all these gifts coming for Pandavas. And he became so envious that he was burning with anger and envy at that time. Shakuni told him, why are you worried? We will do a yajna for you also. We will do yajna in Hastinapur also. And you will, people will come and you will also receive gifts. What was his statement? It's not about me receiving the gifts. 
it's about why they are having that much opulence and prosperity so that was his enemy right so we see in this world also the leaders they fight with each other they cannot see the prosperity of others they try to put others down even if somebody is doing a great work but because of the opposition that this is our duty to pull that other person down no matter if he is doing best for the citizen if he is doing best for the country so that is out of envy and then there is another example which come in scripture is king vena king vena was a son of king anga king anga was such a gentle person he was such a pious person a great king but his son vena was completely opposite he was a best among the thieves <laughs> he was the greatest thief of his time and when king anga died the brahmanas they thought let's make vena as the king because in the absence of a king in the city many thieves and rogues are coming up and it's not good for the country so there should be some king even though they knew the qualities of vena that he is not a very good person in his childhood also he had done so many nasty things he will play with the other boys and in play play he will if he is getting defeated he will kill them he will throw them in the well so that kind of things he was doing and he cannot see anybody else better than him he wanted to always put others down so they thought anyways in the country many thieves and rogues are developing so let's put king vena he is the biggest thief so he will at least curb all these thieves and rogues so he was made into the king but he performed so many atrocities on the citizens he stopped all the yagya performances he said i am god don't you know the king is as good as god so you should worship me he stopped all the performances of the sacrifices and the, the brahmanas when they saw all that nonsense which he was doing they chanted the mantras and killed king vena but now somebody has to take over the kingdom so they churned the body of king vena and maharaj prithu was born from that and again prithu was such a great king who ruled the citizen ruled the kingdom so nicely at the time of king vena the earth had stopped giving any crop the stop, she has hidden everything all the seeds inside her she was not giving anything so king prithu he performed many sacrifices and he brought everything out he made earth to again give all the crops and fruits and vegetables and grains for the welfare of the citizen so we see there are so many such examples of bad leaders in the society who work for their own selfish agenda not caring for the welfare of the citizen now because today is independence day of india and uh, i wanted to link that topic also here as a great leadership versus bad leadership what does it really mean so in recent time in 2 300s of history of bharatvarsh we know britishers came in india and they ruled over india now they were also ruling the india but what was their agenda right did they come in india really for the welfare of india for the welfare of bharat or did they come to steal away everything from bharatvarsh they wanted to have their own prosperity 
some people may think oh britishers they do they did so many nice things in bharat right they developed the country so much earlier we were backward we were not as developed we were poor country there was no literacy they developed so many schools and colleges and universities they made so many roads and railroad programs so they did so so many things for the welfare of country but is that really so did they really use the prosperity the wealth of india wealth of bharat to for the welfare of people in bharat varsh their agenda was their own enjoyment their own development their own rules putting their own policies which will in long term benefit them and whenever they see somebody becoming more strong and powerful they wanted to curb them right even any king of those times if somebody was more powerful they will use divide and rule policy that's how they survived in india for whatever this 200 300 years of rule because they will use divide and rule policy they did not they could not see anybody else growing stronger because they considered it as a threat to their rule yet they will become stronger then they will challenge our rule over here so that was their agenda they looted everything out of bharatvarsha so they were also having that same mentality they were also diseased with the mentality of self centeredness selfish agenda their own personal growth and prosperity and these days current situation is we say oh this is democracy so democracy is better it's loktantra the government run by people selected by people for people but is it really so democracy actually prabhupada prabhupada called democracy as demon crazy because generally people want sense enjoyment right most of the people especially in kaliyugar at the level of shudra kalahu shudra sambhava in kaliyuga everybody is at the level of shudra and the shudra mentality is just looking for the opportunity to enjoyment they cannot see for the long term goal they are cripples the cripple minded people they don't know what is the real purpose of life they look for the short term enjoyment the flickering enjoyment and whoever is promoting that sense enjoyment they like that person oh this person is telling me he will provide better facilities for my enjoyment so i like this person he should be the leader he will be he will be good for us Right, that is the shudra like mentality so shudra selecting a bigger shudra to become the leader so in this society currently what we see really are there really administrators are they really the kshatriyas who are ruling the cities who are the ruling the country or they are at the level of shudra actually so a society which is led by a shudra the person who is having not a long term vision very short term vision who does not know what is the real welfare of himself and for the other people how can he lead other people so somebody may come and they say vote for us we will provide all the facilities for you we will make nice malls theaters other sources of entertainment so far whatever were the previous leader they did not act for your welfare but vote for us select us now we will fulfill all your desires so that's how they promote and people say oh that guy is promoting my sense enjoyment he must be a very good person so right now the society is filled with actually 
the dog hog camel donkey like mentality right a short term mentality of enjoyment and if a dog hog camel donkey they are selecting bigger level of dog hog camel donkeys as their leaders as prahlad maharaj actually talk about this in shrimad bhagavatam when he is giving his lesson his teachings he is speaking to hiranyakashipu in one verse what does he say nate vidhu swartha gatim hi vishnu durashaya ya bahir arth manina andha yatha andher upaniyamanas so as a blind person is leading another blind man they can miss the right path and fall into a ditch so same way material attached men led by another materially attached men they are bound by the ropes of their putative labor so again and again they continue in this materialistic life suffering the threefold miseries right so if we are ourselves blind right now towards our real goal and if we are led by a blind person how can there be any peace and <clears throat> any good for the society in jar so a leader actually is responsible for taking the karmic reaction of their followers many leader they may not even know this they promote or select us our your leader and we will do best for you they don't know actually when the citizen are not following the religious principle if they are acting living their life whimsically and creating so many sinful activities the leader has to suffer the reactions he has to take part the share of their sinful reactions and at on the other hand if the citizens are very religious they are following all the rules and regulation the principle of scripture the leader takes share of their pious credit but in general all the people these days are so much adharmic and leader has to suffer for them that's why we see somebody may be a leader for a few years and later on they may counteract some disease and they may suffer a lot and die shortly after that so it all actually this all the qualities of leader which we are talking about it all applies on us also we may think right why how does it apply on us i am not a leader i am just a simple person but in reality we all are somewhere at least influencing somebody right somebody may be leader in their workplace somebody may be influencing others in some way or at least we are leaders within our family right you are the leader of the household so in that way everybody has some circle of their influence and scripture says if we cannot give them the ultimate benefit of their life then one should not take that role one should not take that position so in shrimad bhagavatam in fifth canto itself there is another very beautiful verse which says gurur na sasyat swajano na sasyat pita na sasyat janani na sasyat देवम न तत्सन्यात् 
one is not able to deliver one's dependent from the cycle of birth and death so that is the ultimate goal of life to be able to free our dependents from this materialistic situation of life release them from this bondage of birth and death now another quality of a leader actually is if we see there is skill versus character somebody may be very skilled but if somebody does not have a good character is it really meaningful if somebody may be a great politician he may be a great speaker also but if he does not have any personal character he is a very characterless person he breaks all the regulatory principle illicit relations and acquiring wealth by foul means does he qualify for being a leader and that is the current situation all the leaders we see do they really have character they may have some skill here and there but these and people think oh how does character mean anything to me he is doing his work at his home in his personal life whatever he is doing how does that matter to me because people are just attracted by the external things these days somebody maybe a bollywood star hollywood star some sports person and later on then they are done with their actual career then they enter into politics they say now we will become a leader of the country they don't know anything about the welfare of the people how to really give them the ultimate goal of their life and people just blindly follow these so called leaders they have no character they have actually no qualities also so somebody may be skilled but no character on the other side somebody has a great character he may be lacking in some skill what situation is better at least see an example to understand is if there are if you are having some health problem you want to go to a doctor now there are two doctors one is very expert he is a very skilled doctor but he, he is known for his notorious act he maybe steals the organs from the body when he is doing some surgery he has been many cases like that but he is very expert surgeon on the other hand there is another doctor who is not as great he is not very expert but he is very good person maybe he is a great devotee of the lord so in in that situation which particular doctor will you choose where will you like to go one who is very expert in that particular field but known for taking away some organs when the person is under unconscious situation or other one who is not very expert but he is a great devotee he has a good character so as a leader the quality of leader really actually is not the skill he may be lacking in the skill but if as long as he has a great character he will be he will prove as a great leader and we see there are so many examples of great leaders also given in our scriptures so we should look into those wonderful examples of great leaders and try to imbibe some of those qualities in our life and we should use those qualities as a benchmark for our current leaders and one of the example from ramayan is bharat brother of lord ramachandra See, when Kekai did all the plot to take away the kingdom of Ayodhya for Bharat, so Bharat will rule over this kingdom. 
when Lord Ramchandra was sent to exile for 14 years, in that time Bharat came back from Kekaya Desh and he came to know about all this plot which has happened in his absence. What did he do? Did he accept the kingdom? That yes, now my mother has arranged for me, Let's rule, let me rule over the kingdom. By the will of providence it has come to me. What was his reaction? He said, I don't want to rule over this kingdom. If I sit on the throne of Ayodhya, this kingdom will sink into Patal, sink into the lower regions. I am such a sinful person. These days people promote themselves. Select us as your leader and we will do the best for you. Here Bharat Maharaj is, Bharat is telling, I don't want to become the ruler. My position is to be at the feet of Lord Ramachandra to serve him. So he denied that kingdom. And he made arrangement to go to the forest to bring Lord Ramachandra back. And as the whole assembly, the whole party of Bharat is reaching Chitrakoot, at that time, Lakshman, from the top of a tree, he saw a big cloud of dust rising up and he came to see that Bharat is coming with the huge army. In his mind, he had a doubt about the intentions of Bharat, that why is Bharat coming here with this huge army? Is he plotting something evil in his mind that he thinks Ram is alone in the forest and I will go and kill Ram and become the ruler permanently for Ayodhya? So Lakshman had that kind of doubt in his mind. At that time, Lord Ramachandra told Lakshman, don't ever doubt about the character of Bharat. Because Lakshman was giving the argument that somebody when get the position, they become corrupted, they lose their intelligence, they become more proud and greedy. And Lord Ramachandra told, yes, in general that is true, when somebody gets a position, they lose their temper, they lose their discrimination power, they cannot see what is right and wrong, they become puffed up, proud and envy towards other. But Bharat, Bharat is not like that. What about the kingdom of Ayodhya? Even if he get the kingdom of the whole three worlds, even if he get the position of Mahavishnu, he is still not going to be proud. I know Bharat very well. See, if you put some lemon drops in a glass of milk, then the, that milk will be spoiled, right? It will start giving that chana, that um, cheese. But if you put few drops of lemon into the Shir Sagar, can it destroy that Shir Sagar? So Bharat is like that. For him, the kingdom of Ayodhya does not matter. Getting that position will not corrupt his intelligence. So that, that is the quality of a great leader. When they are given a particular position of power, they consider that as a position of responsibility, not a position for exploiting others. Generally, that's what happens. When people get some position, they just want to exploit others. So Bharat, even though when he got the kingdom, when Lord Ramachandra told him, you rule it on my behalf for 14 years, at that time, Bharat was keeping the shoes of Lord Ramachandra on the throne and reading the report of the country, of the whole city, all, all the development in the country. 
to that sleepers the shoes of lord ramachandra so he was acting as an instrument of lord ramachandra acting as per the will of lord ramachandra so this is from where we started the leader should be a great instrument in the hands of the lord not acting whimsically for his own selfish ideas and then we see the example of lord ramachandra himself he sacrificed his own personal enjoyment his own personal interest for the welfare for the benefit of the citizens when lord ramachandra came back after killing ravana he was enthroned as the king finally he was ruling over ayodhya and he was sending his spies all over the country to see the reaction of the citizen what are the citizens talking about him so many of the spies they will go at the night time in different part of the country mostly all over people were glorifying lord ramachandra that lord ramachandra they understood the position of lord ramachandra that he himself is like lord himself has appeared here they are so pious they are so fortunate that they were born in that place and lord ramachandra is personally present that they were able to witness the activities of lord ramachandra but in one part of the country one spy he saw one washerman chastising his wife telling him that where have you been all day all night you did not come back at home at night and you spend your night somewhere outside i cannot accept you now he was beating his wife and throwing him out of the house he was telling him i am not like ram whose wife stayed at the house of somebody else for a year and he still accepted her i am not like him so the when the spy they heard it they were very sad they some they did not want to bring this news to lord ramachandra but out of their duty that they should not hide anything they came back and gave that news to lord ramachandra and lord ramachandra heard that somewhere somebody at least one even one person is talking like that he thought to himself his duty is for the satisfaction of the citizen he does not want to bring any sort of unhappiness or unrestfulness in the country and his duty as a king is to sacrifice his personal enjoyment so he decided to give up sita at that time uh, many question come on this topic actually this is a completely different topic and a big discussion on this why did lord ram give up sita on the words of just one washerman saying something lord ramachandra what he did at that time because his duty the purpose of his appearance in the world was as maryada purushottam not as leela purushottam so he was bound by his duty towards his citizen he was an ideal king to maintain that peace and satisfaction among the citizen he gave up sita whom he loved more than his life so he sacrificed his personal interest uh, so in mahabharat we also we hear about yudhishthira maharaj how he was doing so many things for the welfare of his citizen and then later on when yudhishthira maharaj retired for forest and throning parikshit maharaj as the king parikshit maharaj was ruling the kingdom so wonderfully so nicely everybody was so happy in his kingdom they were glorifying him and his descendants like his ancestors 
the pandavas glorifying that pandavas were so great that lord krishna personally comes and resides at their home and lord krishna personally served them in so many ways so wherever parikshit maharaj will go they will be glorifying him they will be garlanding him uh, can we compare that to any current leaders in the society will when any leader on the of the modern times go in public are people eager to receive him or are they eager to garland him they are glorifying him most of the people actually they are criticizing the leaders even when they go to some rallies they have to manage some crowd most of the crowd is many time paid they give them some something to attract that crowd so parikshit maharaj wherever he will go he is naturally being glorified by all his citizen wherever he goes and when parikshit maharaj one day he was going in the forest and he was very thirsty on that particular uh, he was evoked by that desire of drinking some water and provoked by that anger and in that state of mind he insulted one sage by garlanding him with a snake with a dead snake samikrishi in his ashram he was meditating and he did not receive parikshit maharaj he did not honor him and parikshit maharaj thinks see this person he is imitating to be a great sage he did not get up and even offer me water he is pretending sitting in this sadhana so that he will not have to receive me so he garlanded him with a dead snake and when the son of samikrishi uh, shringi when he heard about this he became very angry and he cursed parikshit that you will die in 7 days by biting of a takshak snake bird and when samikrishi came to know about this that his son has cursed parikshit maharaj like that he actually was not happy with his son he chastised his son what did you do parikshit maharaj did not commit that level of mistake what level of punishment you have imparted to him what kind of curse you have spoken to him see he is such a dharmic king if he dies who will take over the kingdom who will rule over the kingdom who will lead the citizen on the principles of dharma so what you have done is not the right thing to do so his own father did not approve of his act so we see all these kings they were so pious and so dharmic following the principles of religion so nicely and keeping that principle of morality not exploiting others but doing everything for the benefit of others and in the recent history of 2 3000 years also we see we hear about chitragupt or chandragupt chandragupt morya and uh, his minister or his advisor chanakya right chanakya he was giving the advice on the principles of moral how to lead the country how to rule the country giving the benefit to the citizen and he was following the principle of morality to such a to the dot once a chinese um, scholar chinese visitor he came and uh, he had heard about chanakya and chanakya niti he wanted he was so impressed with that he wanted to meet chanakya so he came to chitragupt morya and he asked can i meet your advisor 
he said if you want to meet my advisor he was asking please tell me where is the palace of your advisor i want to go and meet him so chitrakuta said you want to go to the palace of my advisor i will tell how to go so just go on the side of my palace and keep going 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 in the forest on the outskirt of the country you will see a small hut that's where my minister resides and he was surprised his minister rather than living in a big opulent palace he lives in a hut so he went there he arrived on the out, outside of his hut the door of the hut was slightly open and there was little light coming from inside so he peeped inside he saw chanakya sitting on his asan and uh, in the light of one lamp he was writing so as he knocked on the door chanakya saw some guest has arrived so he signaled him to come inside and he turned off that lamp which was burning earlier then he lit up another lamp and he sat straight to receive his guest so this chinese visitor he was very surprised at the act of chanakya that he was already there was one lamp lighting he put off that lamp and he lit up another lamp what is the secret behind this he asked chanakya why did you do like this so chanakya told see when you came i was doing some government work some doing some accounting of the government record and at that time i was using the lamp which is burning by the money of government right because i was using the government property to do government work now i am receiving my personal guest and i am spending my personal time so i have lit off that lamp which is from the government money and i have lit up personal lamp which is from my hard earned income so that was the level of morality of chanakya and how he was instructing chandragupta to rule his kingdom on the principles of morals not taking anything beyond his quota and utilizing everything for the welfare of his citizens so as we hear these examples of leadership in society the goal is to bring peace in society work for the ultimate welfare of citizen and what is that ultimate welfare that is to help them go back to godhead to connect them with the supreme lord to mold their lives in such a way that everything is leading towards satisfaction of lord vishnu so that's why in the scriptures there is a mention of so many yagyas being performed that all these leaders they are performing the yagyas in the yagyas the sacrifices are being performed the ahutis are being performed and the lord becomes satisfied with that in bhagavad gita lord krishna says to live peacefully in this life one is bound to perform yagya one should give the benefit back to all the demigods who are the in charge of various necessities of life if we are receiving the rain light and all other air and other resources and we should be giving them back to the people who are providing it all those demigods who are in charge of these various necessities of life so in that way with mutual reciprocation one can stay peacefully happy in this world so not just living happy within this world but if we want to get the ultimate benefit of returning back to our eternal home going back to the spiritual world one should lead a life which is meant for the satisfaction of lord vishnu so in this particular verse what we are reading is gaya maharaj is performing the yagyas 
and the demigods are becoming pleased with that they are personally coming and taking part in the sacrifices they are accepting those offerings lord vishnu personally came and he accepted those offerings so if our sacrifices how do we know our activities are successful our offerings our sacrifices are successful if the lord accepts that and how we could, we should act in spiritual life for the satisfaction of the lord again being an instrument in the hand of somebody who knows how to satisfy the lord so we should not be acting independently but should be acting as per the direction of the spiritual master as per the direction of sadhu sadhu and shastra who can guide us how to act to please the lord see we know in our movement prabhupad he performed the activities under the guidance what instruction he has received from his guru and he imparted that guidance to his followers so that they can in turn receive the ultimate benefit of their life when prabhupad came to the western world he acted as an instrument of his guru and the instrument in the hands of the supreme lord when he arrived in that cargo ship standing at the port of arrival prabhupad composed a very beautiful poem in that poem he is telling the lord i don't know why you have brought me here but you have brought me here you must have some purpose now make me dance make me dance make me dance as you like so that is the mood of the spiritual master that he is acting as an instrument in the hands of the lord and the disciples they also act as an instrument in the hands of their spiritual master so so many followers of shri prabhupad so many great great leaders in our society how they have acted as per the instruction as per the will of shila prabhupad and they got so much success in moving forward this organization this movement so in kaliyuga if we really want to perform because in this verse it is talking about the yagya and the question may come in the mind oh they are performing yagya and in that it is mentioning about somebody coming indra coming and drinking that soma juice so people mistake that oh if indra if the demigods can drink soma juice why we cannot get intoxicated what is wrong when drinking this intoxicants see the soma juice mentioned here we should not mistake it for like some alcoholic beverages right people want to drink wine and whiskey and all that and then they compare oh, there also there is something called soma juice which is intoxicating the intoxicating here also comes in different term here what is really the meaning of intoxicating intoxicating one level of understanding of intoxication is that he is completely satisfied he is in such a ecstasy by the performance of this yagya that it is this yagya is being performed so wonderfully so nicely that he is completely satisfied and accepting those offering he is ecstatic coming to the level of ecstasy is also like intoxication like for example in uh, when prabhupad came first time and the first published pamphlet which was uh, circulated it says always stay high 
right? Get intoxicated with the holy name and always stay high. And Prabhupada's wording was even a room full of LSD is no match for the intoxication found in spiritual satisfaction. So now, is that really a mundane intoxication we are talking about here? Intoxication is that spiritual ecstasy. Like Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is chanting the holy name and he is intoxicated by the chanting of holy name. He is maddened by the chanting of holy name. Now people, day in and day out, they are engaging in devotional activities. Morning Mangala Arati, jumping and dancing, 4.30, 5 o'clock in the morning. Are they intoxicated to act in that way? What is their intoxication? Their intoxication is coming because of that spiritual ecstasy. A person in the material world, for them to dance, they have to maybe drink some intoxicating substance, some liquor or something. Then they think, oh, now our hand and leg will move. If we don't get two peg or something, we cannot dance. But here, people are dancing in ecstasy. They are intoxicated by the chanting of the holy name, by seeing the beauty of the deities, by engaging in other devotional activities. So that Soma juice should not be mistaken to some mundane alcoholic beverages type of thing. So what is the yajna which is recommended for this particular day and time? Because we are talking about yajna being performed here in these verses. And in Kaliuga, the recommended yajna is the chanting of the holy name. Right? The other yajnas, the fire sacrifices, because that, that cannot be performed in this day and time because there is no purity of the brahmanas, there is no purity of the ingredients. And the recommended yajna for Kali Yuga is Japa Yajna. Krishna himself talked about that in Bhagavad Gita. That among the yajnas am Japa Yajna, the chanting of the holy name. So in the Kali Yuga, the recommended yajna, the recommended sacrifice, is chanting of the holy name. What other austerities can we really perform in this Kali Yuga? We have no capacity to do any austerities. Just getting up early in the morning, doing our chanting, that itself is a big austerity. So in Kali Yuga, we should be all taking these qualities from the wonderful leaders which are described in the scripture, imbibing the qualities of those great leaders even though we may not be leader in society, but at least to some extent, somewhere, we also influence many people. If nothing else, at least our family members, our children. So in that way, we can bring a, bring a bigger influence in their life. Because just telling theoretically to somebody, oh, you should not do this, does not mean anything unless we exemplify that. If we, unless we demonstrate that in our own character and behavior. So, engaging in the chanting of holy name and helping all family members to engage in that process, engage in the service of the Lord, will be beneficial for the family member. If we influence our family member, then we can influence other families in our circle. They can influence other people in their circle. In that way, collectively, we can have a bigger influence. So in Kali Yuga, the recommended yajna is the chanting of the holy name. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Ram, Hare Ram, Ram Ram, Hare Hare. So please chant the holy name and always stay in spiritual ecstasy. Always stay high without getting entrapped into the clutches of Maya.
So I will stop here. Thank you very much. Vantrashmat Bhagavatam ki jai, Srila Prabhupada ki jai, Anantakoti Vaishnavrinda ki jai. If anybody would like to say anything, add anything, any comments, any questions, please feel free. Hare Krishna Prabhuji, uh, thanks for a great lecture uh, on the character and skill and how to be leader like a responsibility instead of exploiting. <laughs> thanks a lot. I have uh, uh, one question Prabhuji, like the initial uh, uh, class you mentioned about Duryodhan and uh, uh, did service like uh, counting on the gifts and all that, right? So from the practical perspective also we see people like you already mentioned, like uh, uh, we see people like uh, Envy on others, like uh, say for example, other person is envy on me. Or people think like um, by making the others as a lawyer, they will feel like they may be great. Means they are at certain level, but making others uh, by exploiting or anyway, like making them to lawyer, they feel like okay, now that other person is at the lower than current level, so I will be that high. Something like people will think. Right? So hmm. what should be our stand? from the practical perspective and the, from the scripture perspective by looking onto such persons. Okay. So we should understand people in this world have tendency. Um, we can grow in two ways. One is we make ourselves better to rise. And the second is okay. we can rise by putting others down. Right? If, we, if, if you okay. make somebody else feel inferior, by default you feel superior. So mostly people take that route rather than working on themselves to become better, to get equipped with better qualities. They just want to put others down and in that way feel superior. But knowing the mindset of people in general, we should not get bothered with that. We should stay in our position considering ourselves very fallen, very humble. Take that humble state of mind that I don't care what others are thinking about me. Uh, I know who I am. And my role is, my duty is to be the servant of the servant of the servant. Right? That is our position. We want to be servant of servants. We want to serve others, not taking the position of masters. So if somebody is feeling low about myself, that's their problem. Let them feel. If somebody criticizes me, that's okay. Let them criticize me. That's their problem. So in turn, if we also start criticizing others, if we also start putting others down, then what is the difference in them and us? Correct. So we should not feel that he, he is putting me down or he is thinking low of myself. Well, yes, I am, I am lowly anyways. I am fallen. I am a very fallen person. So yeah. even... If we start feeling ourselves higher, then that is the start of fall down, right? If I start thinking, oh, now I'm a salivated person. Now I also know a lot. I give classes and I do these many services. So if I start thinking in that way, then it will bring pride in the heart. Then I will start thinking yeah. about others. Right? Then yeah. that will be deep in myself. So better is, okay. yes, others are thinking law of me. Others are trying to minimize me, that's fine. Let them do that. Ultimately, Krishna is watching everything. He knows uh, what is my state of mind, what is my position. And Krishna reciprocates. Krishna acknowledges everything what we do for him. 
हरे कृष्ण प्रभु जी थैंक यू हरे कृष्ण हरे कृष्ण एनी अदर कमेंट क्वेश्चन हरे कृष्ण प्रभु जी धन्यवाद प्रणाम और महाभारत वॉर दर आफ्टर युदिष्य महाराज एस्टैब्लिश हिज किंगडम एज इंदर प्रस्थ एंड आफ्टर दैट दे वॉन्टेड टू परफॉर्म दैट राजर कृष्णा वॉज given the position of agrapuja and uh, bhishma everybody else triyodana they all had assembled and shishupal try to insult krishna right so that incident happened before mahabharat war so that ratsya yagya was done when yudhishthira had established indraprastha okay so that uh, i just i am in trying i do not i am not uh, aware about this one so uh, my point was this uh, mahabharat war took place because the five uh, duryodhan didn't want to give an inch of land also so uh, right, so they had so one so they had something that right so okay. first of all there are two set of events uh, let's understand the sequence of events uh, maybe you are uh, kind of mixing two events here so first thing was happened when Uh, pandavas they were sent to live in that uh, lakshagra right they said we built a big palace for yes, you yes. we want you to go and enjoy that uh, palace so they had built the lakshagra they tried to burn them alive in that one so at that time pandavas escaped and they went in the forest uh, incognito they did not want to come out immediately because they wanted to know the extent of the things which duryodhana and uh, uh, the kauravas they wanted to do so at that time they went incognito and uh, while living as brahmanas there that time so they married draupadi and then they revealed their identity they came to know that yes pandavas are alive so they were brought back into hastinapur and uh, then bhishma uh, vidura they started telling ritrasha that you give their land their uh, country their uh, share back to them so they did not want to give that hastinapur to yudhishthira at that time to rule so they divided they split they said okay hastinapur we will keep hastinapur and uh, we'll give this part of land to yudhishthira so they gave khandaprast at that time that let let pandavas take this khandaprast so there also they had done this unjustice they gave the unfair share to pandavas this barren land only which is just forest and rocks and uh, which cannot be cultivated so they gave that land but pandavas with their skill with their uh, strength and their determination dedication they cultivated that land also and they established a city there that is indraprastha 
so when Vidishra took that land, they accepted that part also that okay, whatever you are giving, we are accept that. So they established that Indraprastha now because Vidishra is so pious and dharmic and people they want to live in his kingdom. So many people were shifting from Hastinapur to be in the kingdom of Yudhishthira. So he established his kingdom. That time they wanted to perform this Rajya Yajna. So all the sequence of events happened, killing of Jarasand and uh, all the other things. They accepted that yes, Maharaj Yudhishthira can be the overall leader. We accept his um, um, leadership, severity, honors. So they were performing this Ratsya Yajna and there Shishupal tried to insult Krishna and Shishupal was killed and all this sequence of events happened. And that time because Duryodhana was so much filled with envy seeing their prosperity that even though we tried to take away everything from them, gave them that this barren land, still they cultivated this big city. So he was so envy, he wanted to some way or other wanted to take away that Indraprastha from them. That's where they invited them for the gambling match, the dice match. That in the gambling match, we will steal away everything from them by hook or crook. But, so they played that gambling match in that Yudhishthira lost everything. He lost his Indraprastha. He lost all the uh, his uh, treasure and everything. And they had to go to the forest again for 13 years of exile, 12 years of exile and one year incognito. So after that, after the 13 years of exile, when they came back, now we have fulfilled your condition. The condition was, when we return, you will give our kingdom back to us. So give our kingdom. So at that time, Duryodhana did not want to give anything back to him. So they sent the message, okay, Krishna said, give them five villages. They are Kshatriyas, they need to rule. So Duryodhana did not want to give even the land equal to the tip of the needle because he knew how powerful Yudhishthira is, how powerful the Pandavas are, that they can, even if I give them five villages, they will make it into a big kingdom again. So that was his envy, his state of mind, that I don't want to take any risk again, I don't want to give them anything. So that was the second instance that time. So earlier, they had given them the Khandaprast from where Yudhishthira has established that Indraprast. So hopefully that clarifies the sequence of events. Yes, yes. Thank you. Okay. Hare Krishna. Anything else? Hare Krishna, Prabhuji, like if time permits, uh, it's not urgent, but we can talk later. Basically, like as Independence Day you mentioned, uh, just for my clarification, like we call Bharatvarsha, like is it due to Rama and uh, Bharat or like uh, you mentioned about Jara Bharat and Bharat Maharaj and Mahabharat, right? No, right. So the name Bharatvarsha came from King Bharata, the descendant okay. of Vishwakiv. So from where, from there, the whole land became to be known as Bharatvarsha. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Prabhupada. Okay, so thank you very much. Prabhuji. Thank you so much for this wonderful, wonderful class and uh, question-answer session. It was very helpful and you explained very nicely in simple words. So thank you so much, Prabhuji. Hare Krishna. <clears throat> Hare Krishna. 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 Hare Krishna.
हरे कृष्ण मतलब थैंक यू वेरी मच हरे कृष्ण हरे कृष्ण वी कैन एंड क्वेश्चन Prabhu ji, uh, you mentioned about the Bhagwan Krishna says in the Bhagavad Gita about uh, I am the Japa of Yajna something. So can you please tell me the verse number? Um, yeah, let me tell you. Prabhu, look up. It's in tenth chapter of Bhagavad Gita. Tenth, tenth. Okay, Prabhu ji. Yeah, I will send you. Let's run. Thank you, Prabhu. So I think it's 10:25. 10:25. Yeah, 10:25. Yajna naam jab yajna asmi. Okay. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Thank you so much, Prabhu Ji. Anybody has any questions? <coughs> okay. भागवतम